What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine. If you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer for the holiday season, look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products and great news. They've just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. We're going global, baby. Guys, Manscaped has been sponsoring the podcast for a couple months now. And let me tell you, a couple of my friends have come to me and said, Jared, I didn't know I needed Manscaped until I listened to your podcast. Shout out to the people for listening to the podcast, but shout out to them even more for trying Manscaped and saying it has changed their lives. That's a direct quote. So we're changing lives here on Normal Guy Lazy Eye. We have some great interviews. We're changing some lives. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers include the foot duster, foot deodorant. My girlfriend is sick and tired of me running all the time, but even worse, she's tired of my feet smelling. So the foot duster has helped that problem go away. My shoes smell fresh. Everyone knows that I have a lot of sneakers, so that's always good. Also, the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs without leaving any uh, nicks on the nose because everyone hates a bad nosebleed. And let's not forget, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the best in below-the-waist grooming. Uh, guys, I'm here to help you out this holiday season. Holiday shopping, it's 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 go time. If you're you know you're like you're in your two minute drill for this, time is running out for the holidays. So you're gonna go to manscaped.com, check out their unbelievable products, and get twenty percent off plus free shipping at checkout when you use the code Lazy Eye. So whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, a friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get them to laugh. So you're going to go head over to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LAZYEYE. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Now let's get to this week's episode. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. So on this week's show, we have the uh, one and only Brigida. Brigida is a songwriter and singer from Florida who now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She is dating a familiar face of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, Dylan Brady. Now, when we had Dylan on, I told him we had to get on his more talented girlfriend, Brigida. And so we finally got her on. And uh, it was it was just a really, really fun interview. I learned a lot more about the songwriting process, something I had no idea about. And I learned how a song is actually written, what is needed for a song, how songwriters get chosen for those songs, and uh, some of the inspirations on, on her songs and what she's written. She's done a lot of work in the uh, EDM space. She's diving into the ever-growing K-pop realm. She's really done it all. And she's also releasing her own music as well. So definitely go check her out. Um, a, def- a really fun interview. We do some of the rapid fire we did with Dylan. And Dylan actually does make a guest appearance towards the end. You might hear him from a from a farther distance, but he, he comes in there at the end. Uh, so please enjoy a one-of-a-kind interview with the one and only Brigida. All right, guys, on this episode, this is a very highly anticipated episode, at least for me. We have Brigida, who is a singer and songwriter from Central Florida. She has been featured on the hit TV show Songland, and she has worked with uh, the likes of Rehab, Win and Woo, Stella Cole, and Felix Snow. Brigida, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? 
course. I'm doing great. I'm excited to finally meet you face to face. I know. I know, right? I feel like it's it was necessary to have you on after chatting with Dylan, but what have you guys been up to as of late? I know we just talked about it for a while off camera, but... Um, cooking a lot. Uh, I've been writing a ton and kind of... I feel like quarantine's been really great because... So I signed um, with a publishing company at 19, and kind of when I first signed, I was kind of scrambling and figuring out of like, okay, now that I'm signed, I have these outlets to write for other artists because before then... It's like your songs are kind of your songs and you didn't have an A&R to send them to all these other um, A&Rs and different labels and everything. So in that moment, I was so, okay, I'm going to write for other people because this was my first chance. And so I kind of got caught up in like writing for other people or writing for film and TV that I kind of forgot to focus on my own project. Not like forgot, but I kind of was like, okay, like I should seize this opportunity Um, so quarantine's been really nice because it's kind of been that break that I needed to realize like, oh my gosh, like, why did I move to Nashville to do music for me, you know? So it's been really nice because I've been writing a ton for myself, um, have a lot of exciting releases coming up and some other like, um, sign stuff. So I'm excited. Yeah. So I've been writing a ton for, you know, me and figuring out life. I feel like everyone, this period has been super reflective. Yes. Um, so it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. I feel like for me. So yeah, I guess figuring out myself being 21, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, 20s are weird. The 20, yeah, 20s are weird. And 2020, yeah, 2020, yeah. yeah the 20s are weird in 2020. Well, it's probably the weirdest year that I've I mean, I keep ever feeling been like it's the like the you know, after the movie and all the credits, there's just like that extra scene. So yep. far, 2020 just felt like that extra scene because yeah. I don't really count it as being a year, even no, though it's going on. Yeah, I feel like at New Year's, instead of like counting down three, two, one, and all cheering. Like, obviously, I don't even know if we'll be all together, obviously, yes. with social distancing. But I feel like at, the, at three, two, one, instead of, like, cheering, we'll be like, thank God. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like... <laughs> but um, I do want to start at the beginning um, of, yeah. of, of everything. So you grew up in Central Florida in a little town called Auburndale. Yeah. Is that correct? And then yeah. did you have any, any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, so I have an older sister who's eight years older than me. And then my brother, who's five years older than me, but we look exactly alike. So our whole like musical careers, everyone thought we were twins. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, cool. Everyone thinks I'm older. And now that we're like, I'm in my early 20s and my brother just turned 27. Actually, next week, he's like, oh, yeah, like I'm 21 too. Like he goes, <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, so I have some siblings. And then um, it's funny because like Auburndale's the right way to say it, but everyone from my ho- hometown say Auburndale, which is okay. like, not the right pronunciation. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I love it. Classic Floridians, right? <laughs> Never know. Did all did all three of you get into to music and songwriting all at the same time, or like how did that how did that start? Yeah. So growing up, like when I was really young, my sister was in the piano, like classical, and she was amazing. She has beautiful fingers, like hand models. Like she just mm-hmm. had perfect technique so yeah. my brother and my sister both went to piano lessons and I just like came along for the ride and then I started taking piano lessons too because you know when you're the youngest it's like I need to prove myself like right, I want to right. do every, whatever my sibling's doing <clears throat> so yeah so I went to piano my brother actually got fired from piano because oh. <laughs> he's so talented and when he was there 
he was at a recital and he was supposed to be playing and our piano teacher was kind of crazy like one day as, all, as they all are i feel like. yeah literally yeah. so at a recital he's supposed to play like this piece that he's been working and practicing every time for like months and he decides to go up and just play his own piece and no one like afterwards everyone was like that was amazing you sounded great like because he just played black keys which just like sound nice together anyways right and so <clears throat> he played it no one had a clue and then the teacher's like i can't work with him anymore oh, <laughs> like basically fired my brother at like age 10 and so i feel like um, that's a that's a plot of like a disney show yeah true. Really. <laughs> <laughs> right one exactly i love uh, it but yeah so they were doing kind of music in that realm and then my brother got really into guitar and like into muse and kind of that like rock music right but when my sister i mean music just have always been a part of my family even though my dad and my mom have like no music like ability like they can't mm. sing they don't they love they've always loved going to broadway plays like we always definitely were centered around music um but i just have like since the day i was born i think i just loved to sing and dance like entertainment was my thing like i remember when i was probably around six I would make my family like after dinner pay a dollar to watch me dance and sing. Like I was oh. like, all right, it's showtime. <laughs> I would get my little karaoke set and like yeah. I have videos of me where I'm just like singing to Lizzie McGuire, like this is what dreams are made of. And it's super dramatic. I'm like shaking my shoulders and looking up. I'm like, how did I know at six to do this? <laughs> uh, and then when my sister moved away for college, so I was around 10. I was like, how am I going to communicate? Like, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have social media. Right. So I was like, how am I going to talk to my sister? Like, we're eight years apart. I don't know what to talk to her about. So I went on my mom's Facebook and decided to pull up YouTube instrumentals of, like, I'll Be There by Jackson 5. And yeah. I would sing the right, like, the melodies. And I just would write my own thing to fit what my sister and I, like, like. So I wrote a song basically, like, Starbucks. I'm like, if you're ever at Starbucks and you want to order a latte, just call my name and I'll be there. Like, I wrote Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So then after I posted that one, everyone's like, I want a video. Like, so I just kept every day after school going home and like writing songs to like hit songs. And, and that's you didn't do any what, homework. Yeah, I, I made all A's, but I definitely didn't spend my time on that. Right, um, right. But that's what basically got me into songwriting. And I didn't realize that till years later. I'm like, that was the start of it. Me like loving to like rewrite lyrics just mm -hmm. to like make it personal and like, re you know, like have that connection. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I I read that you left high school uh, when you were 16, and then you moved to Nashville to pursue this this songwriting full-time. What were your parents' initial reaction? Because obviously, you, you said, like, they weren't really musical people. You know, you didn't grow up in a, a house filled yeah. with gu guitars and pianos. But, like, what was their initial reaction to you to you making that decision? I've been really fortunate with amazing parents. Like, they've been it's because I also work really hard. Like I wasn't, I was making all A's. Right. Um, I was really, I had a great family dynamic. I, my parents had a lot of trust in me and I trusted them. So we were very like honest and open about everything. So I think having a good like line of communication was probably key knowing that they trust me moving up with my brother and my sister. Um, but at the time I was 14 and we met. So along the lines of me loving to write songs, me getting a guitar, me writing on my own. There was a time my mom signed us up, my brother and I, for a charity event because a guy in my grade had diabetes and his parents were throwing this huge event. And so she signed us up together. I was like, hey, your brother does music. I'm like, oh, really? Like, I didn't really <laughs> know 
my brother or talked more to my sister. Right. So I went to my brother, I was like, learn these One Direction songs, learn this Taylor Swift. He's like, well, learn the Beatles and Coldplay and like all these amazing bands and artists. Right. Um, and that's kind of what kickstarted me into like really diving into what true music, not saying One Direction's bad because Steal My Girl will always be a <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, um, right. But yeah, so then that's kind of when we started performing together. And then at 14, <clears throat> there's this guy in my, who's from my area called Bobby Braddock, who has like the longest publishing deal in all of Nashville with Sony ATV, founded Blake Shelton. Like this, he wrote People Are Crazy. She stopped wow. today, like really classic songs. Um, and he was friends with my grandpa. It's always like, you know, know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah, um, obviously. He, my grandpa like didn't feel... He was like, okay, like, I really believe in you guys. I'm just gonna call him up. And he was kind of hesitant, but he's like old friends. He's like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll hear your kids. And then yeah. he heard my brother. He's like, you guys have talent. I want you to start making trips to Nashville. We made a couple trips. And he's like, if you're gonna do this, like, he kind of shopped us to Sony. He was really our mentor. Like, we sent him every song. I wrote with him a few times. And he was like, I need you guys to move to Nashville so you guys can do this. And my brother and I were a country duo at that point. Because yeah. that was his lane. And that's how, like, his connections and we weren't like I grew up not really on country, kind of on country. Yeah. It's funny because like Dylan and I, it's opposite. Right. Like I was kind of in a country atmosphere. Auburndale's very hick, and yeah. Dylan's like very north. And it's funny yeah. how we kind of switched genres. But yeah. Anyways, I'm along. I'm probably like Dylan. We tell really long stories. <laughs> no, no, this is great. No, no, keep going. <laughs> uh, so. Um, Bobby's like, you need to move to Nashville. <clears throat> Brett and I were country artists at that point. Our names changed from Platinum Pearl to the Truitts. Everyone thought like anytime we'd play, they'd be like, oh, you guys are married. We're like, no. Like, no oh, we we need Platinum Pearl back. <laughs> yeah, truly. They're like, you're twins. We're like, how did you go from married? You thought we were married. Now you think we're twins? Like, yeah. so weird. But um, then kind of after a year, so I moved to Nashville when I was 16. Mm. Um, went on to like online classes. So basically I was teaching myself calculus, like everything online. And at that time um, we were still doing country. I did shows probably like four times a week. Like the only way, cause when we moved up here, Bobby was great with like writing with us and introducing us to like the business side, but with writer wise, like we didn't really get plugged in. So we kind of had to make our own connections. So we went to every like writers round and just met as many people as we could and like started building a calendar off of that like sessions and everything so we worked our butts off and it was really hard at first because for me especially it's like I have to spend eight hours a day on schoolwork so right. a lot of those times I wasn't starting school until 10 and then I'd stay up till like 6 a.m working Jeez. yeah and then the next day I'd go to work which would be like 11 a.m right so it was definitely a lot, a lack of sleep during the, it felt almost probably like college. Um, yeah. cause I never went. So right. I did that for like, I, I definitely spent more, like I had a longer period of time doing online school than I should have because of just my work. It kind of pushed back. So I graduated like probably a year later, not like getting held back, just like elongating my yeah, yeah, sure. time I mean, there. With, with work and everything and what you're doing full time yeah. it takes it takes a little bit more time to to finish yeah. school and my teachers on Florida virtual school were really great because I guess there was a couple of them that had fifth harmony like also do their virtual school like they're like we're we're years. used to this so they're like we understand like whatever I was like thank the lord because yeah, yeah. I'm also I get I got all A's so I'm also very like if I don't make good grades I'm a failure like I wanted to right. prove to my my parents that I was doing something 
um, and I was being productive. So that was definitely an adjustment, but they were super like stoked. I, it was really easy for them to be like, okay, I trust this with having Bobby being like, your kids have something like having that kind of stable factor of someone in the industry being like move. Um, so I think that's kind of what helped that move a little bit less dramatic than probably yeah. most. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, now you've been in Nashville for, you know, uh, like f six, six years or so. Uh, yeah. Why not make the move to, to LA or why not New York? What is it about Nashville that really draws musicians and songwriters? Um, well, I would say songwriters itself, like, you, you know, I've done a lot of trips to LA and I've done a few to New York and there's really like no comparison when it comes to like the actual like foundation of a song. There's just, I mean, you see it in country. It's really, it's really beautiful. Like there's just stories and depth and re like reflection mm. where, you know, when I go to LA, I do have a hard time finding my core writers there. And obviously, I mean, there's so many people in the world, like you're gonna, it's like with friends, like you like you jive with some and you don't jive with others, you know, right. it takes a series of an events to like get to people that you really do like. I mean, you're thrown in a high school and those are the only people, the faces, the names that you know, because of the circumstance, similar right. to like being thrown into pools of writers because you know somebody of that. So um, I would say that there's just no comparison to actual, the songwriting. Um, I would almost say school songwriting in Nashville. Right. Also, I just really appreciate Nashville because it does remind me of home too. And like, I grew up writing songs in my home. So it has that, like, it just feels comforting. It's like journaling, you know, that's what yeah. they say it really is. So I don't know, there's something about Nashville that's special. And also I did, I'm really thankful obviously for country because it, it did show me a different realm of writing as far as like, like I said, the depth and reflection of it. Um, and just the wording and the metaphors, the analogies, like you really do see that in country. Yeah. And, and when I was moved here for country and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. And I was just so thankful that also my publisher, she just moved to Nashville, like literally a year, two years in of me living here. So it's a, it's an LA based, the company I'm signed with is an LA based company and they have an office here. Um, and when I signed, me and my brother signed with them, we were like the 13th writer they signed um, in pop music. So I think it's really cool, too, to be a part of the like up and coming. You know, they always say with Seattle with rock and roll, like it feels Definitely. pop music with that in Nashville. So it's just it's a cool environment. It's cool to know, like even like some of the writers with prescription. Um, one of our writers, Joy, just got on like Billboard and um, was on a billboard, but also on billboard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just really cool to see people being successful in our town because it is music city. They call it for a reason. So yeah, I, don't know. I love it. Definitely. Have you so, been to Nashville? I have not been to Nashville. It's on my list. And you know, once this whole COVID thing is you know done for, maybe we right. can maybe 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 we'll have to come and visit you guys in, in yes, Nashville. And then you guys can come to Boston. But whatever. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so can you explain to me like I'm a kid like what is needed to write a song? How does that, like, how does an idea pop into your head and how long does it take to create a song start to finish? That's a loaded question, but. Yeah, no, you're good. I think, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I feel like you should think to yourself, why are you writing the song? Like, you know, growing up, I wrote songs because I was feeling something. I didn't write mm -hmm. it. Like nowadays it's my job. So it's like a craft. It's like, just like pottery or whatever. The more you do, the better you get at it. 
but there still has to be that core of like I love this like I have these feelings and that's the whole point of songs is you're relating to other people you're building this connection so it's like a why am I writing the song and I think that will help then build your your concept which is like for me I mean there's different people have their different genres have different um goals you know so EDM dance music their goal isn't to have something that's like technically like it's more emotionally moving with the instrumental and less the top line so if I'm writing for EDM dance which I do I'm gonna not think about oh my god I need to get people in their feels or like right right loved you know it's like just feel good music um but for me the thing that I love is definitely something that's like what's a concept and in, and gen- like there's only so many feelings that they're in this world like love hate you know jealousy like there's only so many core feelings right but how do you make something special out of that you know with concepts so for me I try to think of something I feel like Julia Michaels is someone that's really changed my mindset of songwriting because she takes something that's so like general and you can understand it but yeah, like definitely. still has a lot of poetry and depth behind it which I just think that's to me is brilliant because it's it's really hard to write a good song like I, I bet it is <laughs> it's like it seems easy because you're like oh it's like a three minute song like yeah. what how much time could go into it but like I've had a song where literally it took three months for it, yeah. like, the right wording right production like you keep going back trying to change it because it's like you only get one shot at this one concept you know exactly and like it can look good on paper and then you go and take it to the studio and the way the singer performed it or how they felt in this emotion it can be like a complete 180 on what you were initially thinking and And so you have to go back to the drawing board like range wise or like what sound like julia michaels is great in that like talky singy voice i don't know how she does it (laughs) but someone like not to like fence them in but I'm trying I'll put it more generalized someone operatic wouldn't sing something so talky you know what I'm saying it wouldn't make sense so like you have to understand what makes sense for your project but like saying your pro like Dylan always gets mad at me I would say like oh my project where it should be just you it's true like what do you naturally sing like I always go back to my bedroom being like I don't need to think about what Ryan Tedder would write or what Julie Michaels would write because they're gonna write it what would I write because no one else is writing from my point of view, because there's only one, you know what I'm saying? Like your feeling channel from your vision. Right. Um, So I definitely say, if you're going to write, let me go back to the question. If you're going to write a song, I would say, what are you feeling? What are you trying to convey? And why are you trying to convey it? Is it because you want, like you're feeling it and you want to relate or is it something that you're reflecting on? So that would be like the feeling. And then also the concept of it, which kind of goes into that. Um, what's going to make it special? Like what's your, I always like to know what the hook's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like what is that like final thought that you want it to like resonate? Yeah. So find a hook. And then obviously then there's a structure around that, like the verse, the pre, the court, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What usually comes first, like in your head, like what's the first, like, is it the hook? Is it the, is it the chorus? Is it the first verse or is it the last verse? Like what's that like? Okay, now I'm going to start a song with this. Yeah, I think it's different depending on, like, for me with writing, like, as a published writer, I have a calendar. So every day I have to go into a write. And some days it's not for me. So I go in there with an open mind of, like, a lot of times I'll have titles on my phone of, like, oh, this could be cool, a cool title or, like, a cool concept. Um, But I might not use that depending on what they say. And then something, like, in that room will spark an idea. But 
or in like EDM stuff, it's mainly like, oh, what sings well and like kind of form a top line with like the vowels that you're singing and shapes with the melody. Yeah. Which is like a weirder way, way for me to write because I'm such a sentimental person. I want it to be like, what does this mean? Why does, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I would say for me, most of the time, it's definitely concept, especially if it's my artist project. It's always going to be, I want there to be a point to why you're listening to this song, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah. When you're writing a song, do you have in mind, like, this would be perfect for Julia Michaels. This would be perfect for Beyonce. This totally. would be perfect for rehab, even like on the EDM side of things. Yeah, totally. I mean, when I turn in a song to my publisher, I'm giving them like 15 um, names of being like, oh, when I wrote the, after listening back, this song could, I could see this fitting in this like world with this person. Yeah. Um, but in the, and when you're writing it, I don't think, unless it's like, so with published writers too, you get these things called briefs. I don't really know how familiar you are. So I, I might uh, be very like, unfamiliar. So I'm ready to dive in with, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just stall me anytime. You're like, okay. No, I know you're good. <laughs> um, but this was something new. Cause I signed when I was 19. So I was like, it was a new world for me because every time I was just writing for myself or writing whoever I knew. Right. Um, but with being published, you get these things that kind of get sent out to all the labels and publishers, like publishing companies, A&Rs. And it's just an ongoing list of artists from the different labels um, and their A&R. And so you'll get like Niall Horn looking for this kind of direction. like And like a lot of times it'll say like the name of the artist and they're like the biggest artists you know exactly what they're like I knew Rihanna like I know that Rihanna I don't know if she's still doing this but for the past three years it was all like Caribbean like something that feels tropical so it's we like need more music from Rihanna but yes yeah <laughs> um, or like I'm trying to think of other people but we'll get just an ongoing list of artists and they'll say what's the like vibe or like I knew that Selena Gomez album was called Rare the past like year because it kind of gives you a brief of being like looking for something that makes you feel like special or rare was their brief right um so she like wanted more songs in that realm you know so that's helpful when you're writing for other artists but to be honest and the like I've learned it's so different for everyone but like in order to get those cuts you kind of have to know somebody or you kind of it's either have to be like a freaking hands down great song yeah. or you're in the room with that artist a lot of time with cuts you have to be in the room with that artist because they want to be a part of it you know obviously right because they want to say yeah I wrote all my songs right yeah so if you're writing for another artist you're going off a brief and less so like going in there I'd say it's very rare people go in being like I just got this brief let's write for this artist yeah yeah just harder yeah we're going to take a quick break from this interview to hear from our new sponsors over at IPS Surf and Water Sports. This new partnership I'm so stoked about, IPS Surf is an exclusive water sport complex located right on Long Lake in the beautiful lake region of Maine. They offer personalized instruction for a variety of different water sports, including wake surfing, water skiing, and many more. Originally from Westford, Massachusetts, founder and world champion wake surfer Ian Scott found his love and passion for water sports at a very early age. He is dedicated to sharing his years of action sport wisdom with his clients and unlocking that true potential in people that they didn't even realize they had. Guys, entering a new element, especially the water, for many people can be an intimidating journey. So IPS Surf is here to provide a safe and specialized instruction to ensure their customers leave with a smile on their face and that feeling of accomplishment. With professional and qualified instructors, best-in-class towboats, and equipment 
IPS Surf is more than ready to host you and your crew out on the lake this summer. It's just two and a half hours north of Boston. And to show our appreciation to our listeners, IPS Surf will be offering two very, very sick packages. We're going to have the normal guy package and we're going to have the lazy eye package. So let me tell you about these. All right. So the normal guy package, you're going to get 20% off a two hour individual session. So you can bring yourself and one of your friends with an IPS surf uh, instructor. This is more for the people that are really have an appetite to learn. The normal guy package gives you the best opportunity to focus and improve your skills out on the water. This two hour session will allow you for that ultimate one-on-one time with a professional instructor centralized on your development. Now, the lazy eye package. This is gonna be your squad package. This is gonna give you 20% off a full day. That's six hours out on the lake with your squad. You could bring eight, nine, 10 of your closest friends. It's a perfect way to get the whole crew out there enjoying the magic of what IPS Surf has to offer. The lazy eye session will include everything you need for an exceptional day out on the lake with over seven different water sports to choose from. Guys, seven different water sports. You're gonna be able to mix and match with your favorite activities for the perfect session you have been dreaming about. We have all been dreaming about what next summer is gonna look like. This is an excellent idea for any family or friends outings, birthdays, it's just the perfect day out on the lake. And if you haven't seen any footage of like what IPS Surf has to offer, let me try and paint this picture. So one of the sports that they offer is called wake surfing, which is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen down on the lake. It's an endless wave created by the boat, and it basically allows you to surf this like clean and customizable wave with nothing directly attaching you to the boat. So they offer this like it's just this like you're you're surfing like I'm a SoCal kid. You're out there surfing, but you're out on the lake. They also have your favorites, including like water skiing and wakeboarding. They also offer more of those like technical sports for more of our advanced folks looking to step up their adventure game here, which is like barefoot skiing. You've seen those videos on on Instagram, wake kiting and surface latest phenomenon, hydrofoiling. So don't just take my word for it. Go visit IPS Surf and Water Sports up in Brigton, Maine, just two and a half hours from Boston to see for yourselves what the hype is all about. Go follow them on Instagram at IPS Surf and go over to IPSSurf.com to book those sessions. Now back to the interview. So I want to jump a little bit directions here. So in September of 2019, you were on season one of Songland, um, the show that sets out to give undiscovered songwriters a chance to create a hit. And it gives the viewers a look at the creative process, kind of what you're doing right here. But how did you get select for this process? And what was that like? Yeah, it was actually kind of crazy. So in 2000. I guess 18, I'm terrible knowing with years, especially with this year. I'm like, I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah. Pre-2020, um, post-2020. Yeah, pre-2019. I'm pretty sure it was 2018, the fall. I just started putting out music for my artist project. And my first song was called Tic-Tac-Toe. And like three months after my release, I got this email from a scout, like a scouter. And they're like, hi, we're working with this TV show. We think you'd be perfect for the show. We love your bubbly personality. We love tic-tac-toe. I found you on Spotify, like a random playlist or a random whatever. Yeah. Like very unexpected. And so then we had a phone call. They're like, oh, we're not taking any published writers. So in the beginning of the year, I had that phone call in 2019 being like, we're not taking any published writers. And so I was like, okay, like here's some great songwriter friends of mine that aren't published that I think yeah. For the show, so my friends were actually like in contract for five months of like 
gonna be on the show mm-hmm. you know I'm super supportive I'm like yeah that's awesome <laughs> and then all of a sudden the guy calls me he's like hey like we're taking published writers now and like you're on the top of my list do you have anything that's anthemic because we have one like I guess actually at that time there was two artists that they didn't have the full um slots of people and he's like do you have anything that's anthemic that could be um I can't remember the exact anthemic is probably the best word I can think of or positive and so I just sent him a bunch of songs and he and then three days later he goes okay the producers the head producer loves this there you're flying out in three days we'll get you the contract can you get your lawyer to look at it ASAP whoa that like literally went to like not being on the show at all to three days later flying to LA yeah and my friends never go on the show, which is the yeah. saddest part. I felt so bad with. But you did your you did your due diligence, I think. Yeah, like plus one to heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, three days later, I'm out in LA, and they don't tell you what artists you are singing for. That's the okay. that's the interesting part with it because on the show, you're like, it seems like you wrote that song for that artist. You know, yes. how it kind of comes yes. across. But yes, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you some questions about your experience, but yes. So, like, I had no idea who my artist was until right. I landed, which they already picked the song. Um, and then they told me, I was like, it's One Republic. And I was like, oh, my God, Ryan Tedder. Like, I was yeah. in my pants. Right, right. Um, and then, um, and then like, the first, I remember, like, first time I was on that stage and I sang it. And, like, Ryan's comment was like, well, I just don't understand it from, like, a One Republic stance. Like, would I sing that like I'm already somebody right and I was thinking in my head I was like you can't say anything like well I didn't write this song for you right like didn't know it was you buddy <laughs> I was like I wrote it for it was actually on a tv show earlier that year that song um for like it was on a tv show with Queen Latifah was on it okay. so it already got like a tv placement and that's mm. what we were writing it for so like right. a part of me was like obviously so excited and super grateful for the opportunity. Like I would never change that experience in my whole life. But part of me was like when I initially got the call, I was so excited, but also I was like, oh, is this my best song? Like, is this the song I want to show the yeah, world? Yeah, I was gonna say like, so you didn't was, get to like write the song exactly. before you had to like pick a song. Really showcase my artistry or yeah. really showcase like what I want to like how I write songs. Like I wrote that song for a TV show. Um, so that was the only part that I was like mm, I don't know if I like like I and then the comment of being like well I just don't know like I don't see myself saying it and I was like I didn't write it for you like, <laughs> um but other than that like I was really grateful that it gave me like a second opportunity and then getting to work with Jason Evgen was like hands down the best part of that whole process along with meeting like the people like truly I last year had like that was my highlight was going on that show I mean for obvious reasons first time on national tv but like yeah working with Jason Evigan, I was in the studio with him for like six hours, like him and like his um, other producer friends and like really bonded with one of his other producer friends. And he's a good friend of mine now. So like in general, I don't know, I feel like that itself was worth it. And then the contestants and I are best friends. Like we all have this group chat. We did writing retreats like two times already. We're going to do more this year, but obviously we can't with COVID. Right. But right. Um, we post up at like a winery and got free wine the whole week, stayed at this, like, amazing, like, house, everybody, um, and we just, like, wrote the songs, like, 
amazing songs. And I think also like when you're at kind of like a summer camp, you like kind of hype up your brain. Oh like, yeah. Songs are the best songs I've ever written. I was going to say, I bet the wine helped the juices flow yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of wine. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Holland was great. It was awesome. It definitely, I would say that like my great, it's funny because my parents were really chill with me moving to Nashville. Like they were super supportive, but my grandparents were like, but she has to be a doctor, right? Like, it was always like, but you're going to college, right? I'm like, no, grandma, I'm chilling in Nashville, like, no degree. Um, And so they were kind of, every time I, every time I came back to visit, it was like, oh, but like college, like, you know, just in case. And my brother is older. They're like, you know, Brett makes it, but like, maybe like, if you don't, you should have a backup plan. And I was like- Yeah, a lot of faith. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, support it. And they're really supportive, but like- Anyways, uh, and so after that show, they called me. They're like, I finally get what you do. Like, I finally understand. I was like, that's sweet, but it's not. This is not really what it is, you know? So if if anything, the whole show is for grandma, right? (laughs) It's really for my grandparents to be like, all right, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How, like, what, like, are you more nervous to sing in front of a group that's like just Ryan Tedder and I I don't remember the rest of the judging panel but like that intimate of a group and then obviously Ryan's probably like staring into your soul I mean we're literally talking about one of the best songwriters of our generation but like are you more nervous of that or would you rather play to a packed house um probably more nervous to that yeah sure I get pretty nervous before like when I'm on stage I'm fine yeah free it's like I get pretty nervous either way but definitely more so that because like your whole life you're like if I only met these people what would they think of me but this Mm. person only heard my song and then I finally got that opportunity I was like oh my god wonder if I screw up I wonder if they don't like the song on national television it's not like it's not like they reached out to hear me you know it was like this blind blind date so I guess that's kind of what was nerve-wracking was the idea of like I could fail and not they not like me on not just like have that like by myself of feeling just terrible and like destroying my ego probably and destroying like all that I like worked my whole life for but then on national television that would have sucked you know (laughs) I Um, I was kind of glad that no one was like the Simon Cowell of um Songland right all were really nice judges yeah. Um, but it, it's weird because like in my head before you go on there you're like oh my god this is Ryan Tedder like you go through like Halo and like you know you're going through all his hits in your mind and Shane yeah. McNally and Esther Dean and also Jason Evigan you're like oh my god these people work with everyone that I want to work with and slash be where I want to be and then you think to yourself you're like but then why I don't know because then in my head I was like but wait a second I'm just a person I'm writing songs just like them why do they get to like feel like they're superior and in my brain I like yeah. had to tell myself like let's be positive let's be confident yeah you know? right. um but it's weird it's definitely weird being in a room with someone because music's so subjective you know it's like it's not like a math problem where it's like one plus one equals two and that's the answer like right. music art is so subjective what people like so just because they didn't like it or like just because if someone doesn't like it doesn't mean it's bad you know so yeah, I think definitely. it's also hard because it's like you're kind of going off of your success on someone else's taste so in your head, you're like, even if they don't like it, I don't have to like be upset about this. Like, I kind of think that was my mindset going in. Right. Like someone will like this. It yeah. will be for somebody. And if nobody, my mom will definitely like this. Yeah. Or Dylan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or Dylan. At this <laughs> um, so like, when did you start to decide to start releasing your own music and going down your own singer path? 
Yeah. Um, well, I knew that I always, like, I really, truly, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I've just, I knew when I, like, you know, yeah. did, but I really did. Like, I have, like I said, I have those videos of me performing, and I wanted to be, we watched, actually, the um, Lizzie McGuire movie together. He's never seen it. And in my brain, I was, I was like, oh, my God, this, watching this made me real, like, real, re-feel the things I felt when I watched it for the first time as a youngin'. Like, I really right. felt, I was like, I want to be a singer, you know? Mm um so I my whole life was like Selena Gomez Hannah Montana like the singing shows like where the the main like actor was singing was my jam like I loved that um and so I think I just really always knew I wanted to and then when I was 16 my brother and I started releasing music um as like a pop duo like EDM-ish kind of indie pop and then later on my brother was like I really just love producing and writing and then in my head I was like oh my god I've never done music without him it was awesome yeah. like almost felt like oh my god am I good enough on my own but I always knew that I was like I really just want to do this so and everything that we were writing at the point was all from my perspective and not his so he like was like you know like you are the artist in this it's not anything different I'm still gonna produce the stuff I'm still writing with you it's just like it's just your name and how it should be if it's coming from your perspective yeah and I think that kind of helped me because I was like you know it's my older brother I've always looked up to him you know um so when I was 19 I decided I was like I'm gonna put out stuff on my own I had all these songs I was writing for other people but from my perspective that were right. my stuff so it was kind of a no-brainer like I knew I was eventually gonna release music I think it just needed to like there's just a lot of nerves when you release your first stuff because you feel like this is the first time anyone's ever going to hear from me. Like this is going to, like, I have a clean slate. So like, will I mess this up with the stuff I put out? Will people react to it? Um, so, I mean, there's just, I mean, that's with any song though. It's like the little. Yeah. I was going to say, is it more nerve wracking to obviously release your own stuff that you've written about your perspective or your life or whatever's going on versus like writing for someone else. And then maybe that song's not as big as you thought it was going to be, but you're like, eh, but it's their song now. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, like, it's their perspective or maybe not, you know? Totally. No, I, I definitely feel that there's less pressure, even in sessions when I'm writing for someone else compared to when I'm writing for myself. If I'm writing for myself, I'm like every line, I'm like, is this perfect? You know, right. other people, I'm like, oh, that's great. That like sounds like what you would say. Right. Um, so I think that's a highlight. And on top of that, like releases, like it's so funny to me because like when you release a song, majority of the reaction of your fans are like, yes now we want new music more music and it's like oh my god i just spent months perfecting this yeah like, this one song now they want the whole album. on this one song and now it's like this wasn't good enough um so there's definitely a lot of pressure taken off when it like even i would say like a great example of that would be lovely by fly by midnight and buddy who did a song that we wrote together yeah and i was just amped for that song because i loved i came up with that concept i like came into that session with that like you're so lovely. You look so lovely. I wish you loved me. Um, well, I was, I said, you're so lovely. I wish you loved me. And then, um, Justin came up with that middle one, but I'm like detailed person. I'm like, no, I got you. Anything that's like wrong. Um, but anyways, I was really excited by that. Cause that was still like my words, you know, but another right. artist was singing it. And then like Kelsey Ballerini reposted it saying like, she loved that song. And that was a really cool moment for me. Cause yeah. like, even though it wasn't me singing, I was like, those were my words. Like someone that's doing really well, really likes my stuff and like took the time to repost at least not though, even though it's not my artist stuff, I don't know. I think that was like a cool moment for me. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I still think you get the credit, right? I yeah, mean, totally. I was like, look at the song credits, follow me, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll down a little bit. <laughs> Click a button. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. do, you, do you have like a favorite project that maybe you did for somebody else that you've seen like really be like, wow, that was probably my best work and they did a perfect job and this has been such a good song? Yeah, I mean, out, re- like out now, probably. Yeah. I think lovely because it's so, it's still kind of new. I love that one trying to think a lot of stuff that's not released has been um some of my favorites with other artists so i'm hoping they release it so we'll um, wait yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be continued <laughs> right 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 um do you all right you ready for some rapid fire we did it with dylan and i think oh, let's see, I, I i'd have to go back and like hear his answers but i'm interested well, to hear I, so, are these dating questions like it's about dylan and i have to no answer, no right? oh God. No, no 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 that would be a fun game <laughs> We, we, we could do that on a, on a live or something. All right. But I'm interested to see if you guys have like similar answers to these. Okay. Right. I'm also terrible at rapid fire. So here we like, go. I, I always say like, this is a podcast. So you could take as long as you want to answer. It's <laughs> yeah. really not that big a deal. Okay. Five minutes each question. You're like, this actually is rapid fire. Like TikTok, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. So do you remember the first song you ever sang? um what was that one uh it's like oh me and my friend made up a song called like friends will come and friends will go season change and it will show i will age and so will you but our friendship say is strong and true like it was such like a- so you wrote your first song that you sang <laughs> yes and no i think we took it from a poem and then kind of changed a few words i love it i love it <laughs> Can you describe, sorry, can you describe your first live performance in one word? Terrifying. <laughs> I think Dylan said chipmunk. So that, I, if, I, if I remember correctly. All right, so who is your biggest musical inspiration? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Jackson 5, for sure, hands down. Really? Now, now Julia Michaels. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a wild wide yeah, range for sure uh, i like that um do you have a dream person that you want to write for i like an artist cut one of my songs like yes. that kind of probably lynn and stella i would say right now okay yeah and who's who's the number like who's who do you want to collab with right now if you were to release a song julia michaels for sure okay dylan had like three answers which was just not the wait let me guess sam hunt Okay. Love. Love. Yeah. That was one. I'm going to, again, and I'm going to have to go back, but it's I'm okay. sure the people who listen to this podcast I will know the answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, so what would you be doing right now if you weren't singing and songwriting? I, I've literally been doing it since I was like six. I um, know. This is a big question. <laughs> I probably, I've been really into like health stuff lately, probably because I'm going through some health stuff. So mm. probably some like world of like nutrition or holistic doctor, maybe. I don't yeah, know. So maybe. your grandparents were or right. You were going to be a doctor. Yeah, a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a therapist because I already like talking about people's problems. Right. <laughs> and putting it into a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still writing songs. Yeah. Well, it's been the, and you can't say Nashville. What's the best city you've performed in pre-corona? <laughs> probably dang i would say nashville but i guess i can't florida i did play a really cool show in florida it was like 
two years after I moved to Nashville, I came back and we played a show for like all, basically like all my hometown. And that was really special for people to like actually show up and support me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was it like, like, yeah, I think, I think he said New York too. And like the homecomingness of yeah, it was just kind of a nice little touch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who would you want to go on tour with next? I can't say Julie Michaels for every answer. So I'm going to change. No, you can't. But secretly it's Julie Michaels. But right. I had to change my answer. Um, I would say between Lynn and Stella, I feel like she'd be a cool hang. And I just like love her music. But then again, I'd be terrified to go before her because she's amazing. So scratch that. <laughs> um, I would probably do Lauv. Maybe like Camila Cabello, Selena Gomez. There's mm-hmm. all the artists that are doing well that I'd want to tour with. <laughs> right, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. Doing well, that could bring people to the show. <laughs> I would go on tour with. I love that. Uh, what's your What's your dream venue? Mm, it's funny. I have the worst memory ever, but I do on my phone every time I visit a new city. I write down um, a place I want to perform at. Um, so there actually was a place in Boston, and I literally can't remember, but it was such a beautiful um venue that I really want to play I cannot remember the name indoor or outdoor indoor it felt like very old house of, it wasn't house of blues was it no okay I I'm I I, I moved here a year and a half ago so I'm not, yeah I'm, half of that is we'll, go, we'll go with Bridgestone Arena in Nashville just because okay. that seems like a I can say I can remember it yeah so I love that <laughs> and obviously that would be a dream yeah okay going off of that if you didn't live in Nashville where would you be living right now I always say when I was younger, like when I'm 24, I'm going to move to New York and have an apartment for six months. So (laughs) maybe there in New York, I'd love to live in London and experience like that songwriter um, world. And then probably also like LA because I'd just live in a place that I could do my job, music, you know? Yeah. Dylan said Florida. So I don't know if you're ready to go back to the swamp. (laughs) I feel like he's like, I want to be a Virginia, so I'll move to Florida. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So who's on your Mount Rushmore of artists? I'll say for our generation. So, I mean, that could be whatever you want it to be, but like, who's your top four? He did not give four answers and he does. So he clearly doesn't know what a Mount Rushmore is, but you have yeah. four artists to pick from. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Julia Michaels for sure. Okay. I'm going to say JP Sachs. Wow. Say, um, trying to think. songwriters or artists did you say could be yeah let's do let's do songwriters because this is this will, this will be more up your alley i, well, I mean say, you could do artists too i'm sorry yeah, <laughs> i i feel like Char- she's an artist songwriter but charlie xcx has a like a big she has a lot of diversity in her writing and i yeah. think it's really special and unique and i like when artists where you can like hear a song and know that they like wrote it and then ed mm-hmm. sheeran because he has the same quality about him yeah, I think, yeah, I was going to say, if I had to pick a songwriter, number one, it had to be, had to be Ed. Yeah, he's a but, classic. Yeah. And a, yeah. He's a dad now. Damn. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Good for Ed. Good for Ed. <laughs> All right. And the last one here, what is Brigitte's goal for 2021? Oh, great question. Definitely put out more music and hopefully start playing shows again with Please. If the world's back to normal. If not. Right. Um, I think to get um, one of my bucket list cuts. So just from an artist that in my mind, I want to get cut, a cut from. So just. All right. Well, now I have a follow up to that, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's okay. Name three artists on Brigida's bucket list to get a cut from. I would say Lynn and Stella is definitely up there for me. 
I would say, I mean, doesn't everybody want like a Selena Gomez or like one of those bigger artists? Yeah. I have like a, I would say like I'd clump Selena Gomez, Camila Cabello as like a, a one of those like couples. Okay. Um, and then I would also say, oh, I'm trying to think of people that feels more attainable. I dream big, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'd probably just say like, golly, maybe like, I actually, something that I've been writing a lot that I've been enjoying is K-pop. So wow. any of those like K, I think a dream would also get like a K-pop cut. Like BTS? Yeah. Or like, um, I'm trying to think of the one that I did probably something like Blackpink. I think that's their name. Like kind <laughs> of like, a, like, a, I would say more so like a girl group K-pop. Okay. But I, I was going to say, really fun one. yeah, I, I don't really follow K-pop just yet. I just know BTS because I mean, yeah, they yeah, really yeah. take over the globe. But I would like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not surprised by your answers because I feel like you're obviously w- w- way more well-versed in this than anyone else that I know. But me, I'd be like, oh, that's easy. Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if I got song credits for monster hits from those three, like I'd be like, yep, that's, and I could retire. Well, like, everyone yeah. probably yeah. is like, that would be a lot of money i could be good with life right. um but well not really as a songwriter less than the actual artist but um yeah k-pop would be really cool i really like writing different like as a songwriter especially when i signed like i said in, when i was 19 a whole new world was like opened because right. i wasn't just writing for myself i got into sessions i write a lot with hip-hop and rappers here um i've sung in icelandic before for like a tv movie film Wow. Um, I write K-pop. I've I write a lot of like Spanish music too, like Spanglish. I'll do like kind of the like Despacito kind of sort of. That yeah, part. exactly. Okay. So AKA Google like how do you pronounce? Like you listen yeah, to that, yeah. and you sing it. Yeah. Um, actually, my friend, like a really close friend of mine, he's Mexican and he lives in Mexico right now. Um, so a lot of times when I was writing Spanglish, I'd be like FaceTiming and being like, "Can you please help me pronounce this correctly?" I love <laughs> like, that. Um, but resources. yeah. I definitely love like writing just like whatever's different. I think it's just cool and fun. Um, so yeah. And are, and my last question, I guess, for the rapid fire section, um, would, are you bummed that you didn't come up with if the world was ending at the perfect time and release it right at the perfect time? <laughs> Is everyone a little feeling a little shitty about it? It is crazy how they basically predicted 2020. Either that or they had that one in the back and they're like, mm, now's a good time. <laughs> yeah, truly. No, I, they're amazing. Like that collab itself. Yeah, like it's the fact that they fell in love during that session, I was like, what the heck? This is a movie. Someone- yeah, but she dated your, uh, your big, your big, uh, you know, your, one of your top collabs that you and Dylan want to do, love. Wow, I know. I know. That's the industry. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, how many people do you see collab and they start dating? And then, like, once they collab with someone else, oh, they're not dating anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's PR stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, I love it. All right. Brigida, I this has been obviously a lot of fun. I, I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. And I'm so glad that you know we've become such good friends. I know it's our first time meeting in person, but again, great to great to be friends with you. I do have one final question for you that we asked all of our guests. Dylan got the same question. So what would be the title of your autobiography and why? Oh my God, Dylan asked me this afterwards and I had a great answer and now I can't remember. Oh no. Oh my God. Dylan! 
Yeah. Do you remember what I told you? Ah, uh, dang Dil it. Dylan's been listening this whole time. Okay, well, then you can leave. <laughs> oh, 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 actually, yes, I do. How do you pronounce that? Because no one can pronounce my name. I love that. I love that. See, like, that's awesome. Everyone pronounces my name wrong, too. Wait, am I saying your name wrong? No, it's Jared. You got you've, you've got it. Yeah, yeah. But like, everyone, it's Rod, Gerard. Rod, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I typed your name wrong in the first DM that I sent you. <laughs> it's okay. Because I was Literally, like, everyone does this to me. So I was I, I saying so my name wrong for 16 years. I was saying Bragita. And then one day my mom's like, your name isn't Bragita. It's Brigida. Bree. I was like, gotcha. I don't and see the difference. <laughs> do you not go by Bree or are you? No, I go by Briggs, if anything. Yeah. If people can't pronounce it. I'm like, just do Briggs. And then they're like, Briggs. I'm like, B, like anything. Else. Like, I don't <laughs> Literally like anything. Yeah. Um, reminds me of a cheese and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the title. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, Wait, what was your answer? What was your answer? Mine is, mine is the title of the podcast. I think it's funny. I was actually talking about this with a couple of friends. Um, they're like, they're talking, we were talking about the podcast and they're like, you know, like I, we, we get the lazy eye part, but normal guy, that's pretty, that's up for interpretation, isn't it? And I was like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> You're like, right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I, and I think Dylan, he hit it right on the head uh, last couple episodes ago was when he's like, you know, you have something that makes you unique, you know, Dylan with his Tourette's and, you know, it's just like, you don't let that define you in the sense oh. that like it's not gonna tie you down to anything or you know stop you from doing anything but it also it kind of does define you in a sense that like you're this is who you are and but yeah. you make the most of that so I think totally. normal guy lazy eye like I, I mean you know normal is a, a broad term but I think just like I'm not like the biggest and coolest person you'll ever meet maybe but you know like the lazy eye part like that's something that's unique to me and I think that's yeah. something I can share with the world and you know so I that would be mine you and Dylan <laughs> definitely have similar like just I can tell you guys are both like vibrant I could say if I could say one word yeah oh thank you so much well Brigitte again this has been an absolute blast and if we want to chat a little bit more and have Dylan come down and join us we can do that but thank you so much yeah thanks so much for having me appreciate all it. right we'll talk soon bye huge thanks to Brigitte for coming on this week's podcast uh, she is very talented at what she does, an incredible person, funny person, and uh, I can't say enough nice things about her. A really cool story about going on Songland and, and being face-to-face -face with you know this one of this generation's best songwriters and Ryan Tedder of One Republic. thought that was an incredible story. I had no idea that she is writing so many different songs in so many different languages for so many different genres while also releasing her own music. So she's a jack-of-all-trades. She's funny, and uh, shout out to Dylan Brady for popping in there at the end. I knew he couldn't, he couldn't not be in her podcast. He had to know, he had to get in there somehow. So huge thanks to the two of them. I'm so glad I've become such good friends with them. And when this quarantine is lifted, you will definitely see me in Nashville, or hopefully they'll be here in Boston. But that does it for this week's episode. Links to all things Brigida will be in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at normalguylazyeye. Thank you to everyone who has followed. Thank you to all of the listeners for continuing to show your support. That is more than enough of the shameless plugs from me. I will see you all next week.